Hawks Hawks Live. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live at Snoqualmie Casino. Now, here's your host, Dave Wyman. We're here at the Snoqualmie Casino. It's Hawks Live. We'll be here every Thursday night at 7 o'clock. Paul Moyer, uh, Thursday, every Thursday night during the football season on 710 ESPN Seattle. Paul Moyer, Michael Bumpus, Dave Wyman, and as we promised, a little trip around the NFL. Here's what Jalen Ramsey wants to be traded right now, and he's kind of like forcing this on his coach, Doug Marone. They supposedly had a big fight. Here's how I put it. And, Paul, you would be able to relate to this. Michael, this will be years later when your kids move out of the house. When the kids move out of the house, nothing's dirty anymore. There's not dirty clothes <laughs> laying around. In your house. And it's just you, you and your wife. And, like, the house is clean. It's really nice. And then when they move back and they leave their crusty dishes around and everything, I feel like that's kind of where the Seahawks are. It's like they got rid of the children. You know, Michael oh, Bennett, go. Richard Sherman, everything's been clean. The house has been clean. Yes. You know, there's been no drama, no problems, nobody saying anything. None of the, you know, Richard Sherman stuff, any of that. And I, for that reason, I just think they don't, want to, they don't want a guy like Jalen Ramsey in here. I mean, I know they say they were talking about, you know, maybe they were in the mix for the Antonio Brown trade, but there's so much harmony down there now. Everybody's happy. Russell's the leader. You know, and, uh, you know, it's just a big happy place. I, I think they can handle that, though. I think other than the but Patriots. But do they want to? They don't. I think they don't necessarily want the baggage that comes with a player like that. But I think they're that, they, they're that kid. When I was growing up, there was a kid who was going through some trouble. And he asked if he can stay with us for a week. He was a trouble kid. My mom's like, you know what? He's going to come in. He's going to follow our rules, and he'll be all right, and we'll send him along his way. And that's exactly what happened. If you have a strong enough foundation, you can take some chances with some guys like that. Do you want all the stuff they bring with them? Definitely not. Um, there, will, there, there will have to be a conversation at a, at a roundtable or something to lay out the guidelines. But I think of all organizations, the Hawks could handle it, but obviously I don't think they wanted it. Well, I also think the Seahawks look at risk-reward as well. And I do believe Pete says, I think I can make it work. We've seen this before. We've seen it with Percy Harvin. And I think they've learned from that. And that, yeah, we'll take a chance on guys, but they also do their homework enough to say, but if it makes it so disruptive in the locker room, we've got so much chemistry going on right now. Do we want to? Do we want to mess that up? I look at Jalen or Jalen Ramsey, and I go, I don't think he's a problem. I think he's he's got a strong personality, and Pete does great with that. We've had strong personality. We've had Richard Sherman and Bennett's, and it worked until it no longer works. You right, and where they no longer listen to you, and it's time to move on. I look at Jalen Ramsey, and I, I wouldn't have a problem with his personality being here, but I'm not giving up two first-round picks no, for a guy no. who's got four interceptions. I had six one year. The, he's, he's only had four is the most he's ever had. He's had four. He's had three. He's had two. He's got none this year. I heard you, Dave. I was listening. I, I, I get he could be a shutdown corner. I just don't know if that works. And I absolutely am not giving up a first-round pick for him. And I'm a year away from having to give him 15 million bucks a year. Michael makes a point, though. I mean, 
nobody gets out of Marshawn Lynch what Pete got out of Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. Remember at that point, I mean, he came with some trouble yeah. in Buffalo, you know, and Pete is willing to put up with that stuff if he thinks he can get. Now, Percy Harvin's probably the extreme, right? Yeah. He was the one that, you know, probably, although when that guy was in, he played his tail off. It wasn't much, though. Yeah, but it wasn't much. And I, I don't know. It's, uh, it's interesting right now. I just... For me, selfishly, I like that it's very happy down there, and it's like you know, there's no drama or anything. You got these uh, these young guys. You got great leadership right now. I mean, I'll say this: like you said, Michael, you come in. Pete Carroll, first of all, is the leader, but you have guys like KJ and Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner, that kid. I'll tell you, he's not a kid, but I mean that. He's a kid who was, buddy. Well, he He's the us. same age as my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, around the NFL, I don't know that there's a better leader. And so you have that. You have him, KJ, Dwayne Brown, Russell, you know, even Tyler Lockett. I mean, the, you've got some great leadership. So everybody's going in one direction. And, you know, I, I, I feel like if you did go get that guy, I don't want to give up the first-rounders either. No. But if you did get him in here, there's probably – enough strength in that locker room to, to handle that. Well, I, I'm sorry. So I, it, going off your point, I think Pete can handle a strong personality. He can. Sure. Jalen, not a problem. Antonio Brown, that's a whole other story. That's not a strong personality. That is a guy who he self-inflicts. He, he will take a team down. And I'm really curious, by the way. Yeah, so what, just, do you, what do you expect him to do in it? And in New England, is he gonna? Is, well, I, is Belichick? He just lost. He lost his helmet deal. He just lost a multi, multi million dollar Nike deal. They had his own shoe last year. You know, hundred bucks, and so when self destructing when that starts happening, and there's some evidence there enough right now that he's he's got some issues. They spent ten hours supposedly with the girl who accused him of this. I, I, my my gut is they're going to end up cutting him. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. It, it, I mentioned they got a good thing going. Mo Kelly, who's the player uh, director of personnel, for you know, Seahawks. takes care of the players basically yeah. for the Seahawks. And uh, Mo Kelly talked about the last two drafts, how what solid kids these yeah. guys are. You know, <laughs> as an example, Will Disley. I thought we saw him outside the locker room. I'm just sitting around waiting for to the bosses to leave and. You know, I see Will there, so I go up. I go, Will, we talked a lot about you during the broadcast. And he's like, yeah, you know, that's the part I don't really care for. Uh, I don't really like that. <laughs> I'm like, this kid is so humble, and he's such a good player. I see that same kind of humility out of DK Metcalf. You know, he's not the typical receiver diva type, man. This guy is he's solid as can be. So they've, I think, purposely tried to go that way because you know harmony and you know you, you have a team that's divided kind of like it was you know maybe if russell was older than richard sherman when he came in the league that you know yeah and, and doug maybe that would have been different i don't know but no, those are guys that every seven years need to go to another team so i'm gonna ask you two a question will disley brought him up is he gonna end up being the greatest tight end in seahawk history yes i believe so i do too i think he shows um, some things that a lot of guys haven't been able to do. Jimmy Graham was supposed to come in and do the things right away that Will Disley is doing. And, yeah. and lo and behold, Will Disley comes in as one of the greatest blocking tight ends in, in college, right, at the University of Washington. But and no he, hands, right? No hands, no hands at all. And, that's, yeah. and, and I've said this before, that's just credit to the scout team, you know, the, the, the team that um, 
Pete Carroll has around him scouting these players. They saw that he had hands. There's no way that he walked to this building and they go, hey, Pete, he can only block, man. Yeah. Just line him up when you yeah. get that zone. No, they, they, they've been in practices. They saw some games where they have hands, so they just do their homework. And the way he moves, it just looks so natural. It doesn't look difficult. Like, that back shoulder he caught in the in the red zone, it was kind of a back shoulder that was up high. Like, some tight ends make that look like a difficult catch. He made it look like a routine catch. It, it was well, easy talk for about his route running on that, too. And, I, and some of that stuff, to me, is goes unnoticed. Mm-hmm. He, he avoided the him. way he stemmed the guy, yeah. came yeah. back and created a seam for Russell. And this is again why some of Russell's throws this last week were just so good. But you know, talk about some of his route runs. Yeah, he came off. There was a guy in motion, so there was some movement on the defense. And what he does is he stemmed out a little bit, got him on his hip. And then cleaned him up. So when you clean a guy up is when, you know, when the DB's beat, he's going to try to grab for you, try to collision you. And what he does, he stayed on his line, cleaned him up, and the rest was just Russell. He got to a spot. I mean, the route was okay, but the throw was, was even you better. You said clean him up, the D, he reached back and, like, smacked the guy's hand. smack his hand. It's like no someone's way. reaching in your pocket. You say, no. And yeah. just, just wipe at him. So he cleaned him up and stayed on his line. But the throw was honestly better than whatever distance. It was did. a perfect. Yeah. It, it was, was beautiful. Be- beautiful. I'll just say spot. one thing before we go to break because we got to go to break. But when there's like a flea flicker or something like oh, that, oh, and the safety okay. runs up and okay. tries to help in the box, <laughs> you are not. We going don't to break. need you up there, Paul. Dave, we don't need you up Dave, there. Sometimes the linebackers and the D linemen will take care of it. The big boys will take care of it. Yeah, but sometimes you don't. Paul, we got to go to break. And this is why we have to come <laughs> up and we get beat on these flea flickers. Uh, not me. I took care of both. Oh, of course I you took did. care of the run for you, and I took care of the flea flicker. We should have gone to break about 30 seconds ago. Yeah, wait All right, coming up next, we'll get Coach Moyer's opinion here. Well, actually, we've got two coaches here. <laughs> I, I could tell you were really enthusiastic Michael about Pumpus. I'll get Moyer's Yeah, I can't wait to hear it, Paul. i just sitting on the edge Bring of my Bring the seat. flea flicker out. We're going to go inside. We're not doing the flea flicker. We're going to go inside the film room and uh, break down some of the biggest plays from the Seahawks win over the Steelers. That's next on Hawks Live. We're here at the Snoqualmie Casino. Paul Moyer, Dave Wyman, Michael Bumpus. It's time to go inside the film room. And, and the first play is one that you just talked about, Michael. Uh, Russell Wilson just threads the needle to, to Will Disley for the first touchdown of the day. Here comes the blitz again. Russell's going to go down the middle, reaching up, making a catch in the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! Will Disley reaches up over the linebacker in coverage who didn't have a chance against Uncle Will. 14-yard touchdown strike after that penalty. Way to go. Big Will and the Seahawks are a point away from tying this up. I believe John Schneider, the GM, gave him the nickname Uncle Will. I believe that. And if you've ever heard the call, you have to bleep it out. But uh, when they um, when they called him and told him he was drafted, he essentially said, no kidding, except he didn't use that word. And, uh, and John Schneider said, no kidding. And so he was surprised a little bit that they selected him there. But you just talked about this. Uh, uh, he did a good job of avoiding, um, I think there was a motion guy coming yeah. across in front of him and uh, just really did make that, that uh, catch look effortless. Yeah, this whole play, what I like about this play is they, they send Tyler Lockett on motion to make the defense declare what, what they're in. If they, that guy runs with Lockett there, and man, if they bump it over, they're in some kind of zone. I don't know if Disley saw that or not, but I'm sure that, that clarified things for Russell Wilson. And then coming off the line, 
when a safety or a corner, whatever they're doing to affect a tight end or a receiver, uh, you want to reroute. You want a collision. You want to make him get off of his line and jack up the timing of the receiver. And uh, I don't know who was guarding Disley, but he tried to reroute him. And, and like we talked about earlier, Disley kind of swiped his hands off of him. What a DB wants to do is get his hands on you and push you out. He swiped his hand off him and stayed on his line. When a DB can push you and squeeze two routes together, that's a win for the safety. Now he's able to play two guys in one. So Disley did a great job of staying on his line, cleaning, getting those hands off of him. And the throw is, is, is awesome, man. He keeps the ball away from the safety, is nice and high. And then Disley go, goes on and makes a play like he's been playing receiver since 92. You yeah, know, he, he kind of twirled around, too, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, a little back, yeah, kind of yeah. like a little back shoulder action. Yep, kept him away from the safety. needed to do it. You know, what the, I don't know if it was the most impressive thing, but Disley owned their number one draft pick, yes, he did. Devin Bush. <laughs> And he beat him on that play there. They, they motion. I think they did it. You know, they originally had an outside linebacker on him. All of a sudden, they motion across. Now Bush has to slide out and go one-on-one with him. You go after a rookie. And then there was a run play earlier or later in the game that he just, I, I don't even know. It's not even a pancake. but because he Dumped came, him. I mean, he just put him on his back in the open field. That is hard to do. So he owned their well, number one pick. The other thing, um, he kind of split the seam where Devin Bush was dropping to on his second touchdown. Yeah. It was a zone drop there, and Will turned around. That was more on Russell than anything else, that he threw it in between the zone. But, yeah, three different times. Welcome to the NFL, Devin yeah. Bush. Yeah, he had a rough day. Yeah, so, uh, and you know, he had 11 tackles the week before. He's been good. Talk to Rashad Penny this week, and uh, I – you know, I, I told him I'm impressed by the way he's handling. Being a first-rounder, there's lots of pressure. I know you guys are, are free agents and everything, and you think that anybody that's drafted, is, oh, don't they think they're high and mighty and everything. Don't put words in our mouth. Okay, I was a second-round second round round pick. Oh. Okay, I was pampered, Stanford guy. I'm sure. Nice little signing bonus. I'll, I'll, You're still a diva. I was just glad <laughs> that I wasn't a first-rounder because there's no pressure. Second round, eh, third yeah. round, whatever. But you, Free forced, agent, you whatever. forced a trade just like all these Antonio Brown. I want well, that, that I want is out. a story that's way too long I know. To, to get into. But well, you started he's it. a first-rounder, Rashad Penny is, and this run for 37 yards, it was the first touchdown of the season for him. Out of the shotgun, he's going to hand it off to Penny again, who makes a man miss. He goes 30, 25, Russell throws a block. He's going to go. Touchdown, Seahawks. But Seahawks back to the line of scrimmage on a third down and short. Quick handoff, Penny bounces outside and follows the blocking of his quarterback, all the way down the field. Untouched goes Penny for 36 yards. You know, we talked to him this week, as I mentioned, and he said him and Chris Carson were talking about how they were playing that read option. And uh, the guy that that was out on the edge was a guy named Chicolo, and he was yeah. filling in for T.J. Watt. I'm not so sure if T.J. Watt doesn't make that play because T.J. Watt's really good. But what Rashad Penny did he went up into the line and then almost looked like he jumped backwards, like a jump cut backwards, and got out on the edge. The other thing that stands out to me, well, first of all, Russell was blocking all the way down the field, but Rashad Penny does not look like he's running that fast. No. But you look at the defenders, and he's pulling away from them. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, he, when he gets out in space, and he showed that at San Diego State, too. On that play, it was one of the few times I've seen Russell actually carry the fake out well. It froze a backer just enough where there was space between our offensive tackle and you know a play where he now says, oh, I have got to attack this runner. Mm. And he attacked him so hard that 
He crossed his feet over. He didn't shuffle down the line, stay square to the line where he could go either way. And to me, that's what set it up. But I, I could diagram this thing a thousand ways. The way Penny stopped on a dime, basically jumped backwards, which I think is a bit of like the Matrix, Dave. Yeah, I don't think Matrix. you can actually do that. He did. And then jumps outside, and then Russell Wilson's out there screening guys. And it was a phenomenal play, and it's what we expected <laughs> from Penny. Screening, think, you used the word screening and not blocking. Screen, yeah. yeah, that was more was, of a well, he, Because he kind of got shocked. Pick. I was like, uh, let's not screen anymore because yeah. the one DB – gave him a forearm and, and kind of knocked Russell back a what, bit. What I like about this play is that this is just a zone. you got to press that B-gap as long as you can. If, if there's ever a way out of a zone, it's a cutback. And this is shown, it shows how mature Penny is getting because he pressed the heck out of that B-gap and stuck that left foot in the ground yeah. and went. I would have torn ACL or something with that <laughs> move right there, but he's, he's a young stud. And I just I love seeing and Russell getting out there. I wouldn't call it a block. I call it getting in somebody's way and yeah, hoping he doesn't that get works. it. And that's what blocking is, man. Just now. Way, that's all. Yeah, they, right. you know he could have got he could have got a fifteen yard penalty for a, a blocking a guy from the inside. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. If Russell were to get like an unnecessary roughness penalty awesome? for blocking somebody <laughs> too hard, uh, he'd be my favorite quarterback by far of, of all time. That'd be awesome. uh, next play, and found out today. We talked to Leno Hill. Huge interception on the Steelers two point conversion, but uh, he doesn't get a stat for this. No, yeah. there's no interception. That's it's just ridiculous. a failed attempt. I mean, yeah, so. And, and if he returned it, it would be two points. But get that. No, how how would he have gotten no that? Interception. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, but he doesn't get it. But uh, what a great play by Lano Hill. There's the snap. Rudolph looks, bounces on his toes, has time, throws the back of the end zone. It's picked off. He was trying to get the ball to Smith-Schuster in the back of the end zone, and Lano Hill picks it off. Yeah, really impressive. And, you know, there's a couple things here. One, he's, he's reading the quarterback. The quarterback looks to our defense is right there's a back about to go out into the flat and Leno just takes like a one-step jab and then but he came right back read the quarterback's eyes his acceleration I mean he's got game you guys he I'm gonna go off I'm gonna go on a different tangent here he got beat on that flea flicker and that's different how and that well I'm not some of our other colleagues but all right my point is, there's sometimes you learn it early in college, and sometimes you learn it early in the NFL. I learned it early in college on how to read things. I got beat a couple of times. I had a great coach, and he, he just drilled it into me. By the time I got to the NFL, I didn't make those mistakes anymore. He made a mistake. He's got a bad read. You know, maybe, like I say, he's trying to help in the run, which he shouldn't have, Dave. Yeah. But his skill set and how he reads the quarterback and his explosiveness, he is a player. I, I just hoping that you know he keeps his confidence. He, he Pete loves place. him. Pete has talked about him for a while. I was really excited to see him because when Pete Carroll talks about you, know, he's an old DB coach uh -huh. himself. Yeah, that means I something. Love that. He had a great blitz. Uh, guy tried to cut him, got his hands on the guy, and then you know on the flea flicker that we talked about, he accelerated back to like you said and, and got was that Smith Schuster. Then yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, yeah. so it, it kind of tracked him down. So anyway, yeah, it was. Uh, it was nice to see him have some success. Yeah, what I like about the flea flicker, when you're beat as a DB, you do not look for that football. No, and he did not. Man, Turn he put run. he put yeah. his head no, down no. and dug it. Down. It was discipline, and I I appreciated his uh, 
his uh, his emotion after that. Like he was frustrated. You can tell they worked on it all week. You know what I mean? So um, and then on, on because his, you know why? Because he knew that they didn't need him up there in the <laughs> box to make that tackle. Hey, Sorry, that, Michael. That's, go ahead. A, that's a minus. You know, when you make a, you make a mistake on the play, like, that's a minus. Uh, but on, on his pick too. He just read the quarterback's eyes, man. He's just being a football player. You know, he, it looked like he just had a deep zone. He's in, covering the back of the end zone, and, and Rudolph is going through his scans, and he's reacting to everything he's doing and uh, just made a play. So it was nice to see Lane O'Hill make some plays because we're still trying to figure out who's the guy back there. Other than that flea flicker, Dave, which he probably did need help on the run at times, is they did not give up a throw over 20 yards. How about that? That was the only play that was over 20 yards in the passing game. Yeah. And so that's why I, th- I thought the DBs played You good. didn't even really want to point that out. You just wanted to get the last word before I go to break. Am I right? <laughs> Dave, the amount of times I felt like I had to help you in a run game and cover deep was exhausting. All right. That's enough from you. All hey, right. I got some <laughs> chuckles from the crowd. Yeah, chuckles. Those were courtesy laughs. Yeah, <laughs> it was a great segue talking about Lionel Hill because uh, coming up next, he's going to – play NBA 2K, I think, with Taylor Jacobs. He's going to sit down with Lane O'Hill. That's next, right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, every Thursday from 7 to 9, live at Snoqualmie Casino on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to Hawks Live at the Snoqualmie Casino. Taylor Jacobs is going to interview Lane O'Hill and uh, play a little video game with him. Take it away, Taylor. Joining me now in Hawks Live Gaming Safety, Lano Hill. Going to play a little 2K one last time. Hopefully I can walk away with a W. Dwayne beat me, John beat me, and hopefully Lane will beat me as well. So it looks, so, so it looks good for them, but uh, we'll get right into it. <laughs> you have a unique way of picking teams, which I thought was really cool. So explain the rules on how we're going to pick our teams here real so quick. So that's how we're going to pick the teams. So each person get two randoms. Two yep. randoms. If you don't like them two teams you get, you get a third one, but that third one you got to stay with. All right, so here we go. I'm going to do random. Let me see what I got. T-Wolves is my first. Ooh, I got Indiana. I like that. All right. I like that. Spurs. Double Spurs. Spurs too. So we get to pick again. All you right. Double team. Just second team. You no, know, I'm going to go T-Wolves. New York. New York ain't going to do it for me. <laughs> I don't think it's going to do it for anyone. <laughs> But you're a Detroit guy, so while we're picking teams real quick, tell me about some of the uh, Detroit players that you just loved watching growing up as a kid. When I was growing up as a kid, yeah, I loved the Detroit Pistons. You're right. Right. Oh, yeah. My favorite players was Rasheed Wallace. Big Sheen. Big Sheen. Yeah. From High Top Air Forces. That's it. He was one of the High Top Forces. I like him. I still well. Yeah. (laughs) So he's one of the High Top Forces. I I just like how he played. He was a big dude. I could shoot threes, and he still made plays everywhere he was up. Yeah. And being a defensive guy. And attitude, too. I like his attitude, too. Yeah. You got to like that. Defensive guy, you got to like those defensive teams, too, from Detroit. All-time Detroit teams. Mm -hmm. Who are you putting on your your top five? Ooh. I'm going to go Sheed. Yeah, Sheed. Got to put him in there. That's my favorite. Yeah. Isaiah. Isaiah's a point guard. I got. I need Ben Wallace at the center. Yeah. Yeah, that's a point guard. You need Rasheed. that defense. Shooting guard. I want to go with Joe Dumars, but also, I don't know if that's cheating. I want to go with Chauncey Billups at the shooting guard. Yeah. So I might go with Chauncey Billups at the shooting guard. You're just building the team from when you were a kid. That's it. That's, that's, that's my favorite team. That's <laughs> right. my favorite team. Right. I mean, they won, yeah. so why would they you? They did good, yeah. so. I never really got asked that question. That's a good question. Yeah. So we mentioned Detroit. You're from Detroit. What about Detroit? Is it that just brings that tenacity out of people? I want to say this is how you was raised. I mean, Midwest. I mean, I come from a humble background, so I'm just gonna. I don't try to act like nothing. I'm not just trying to be myself. I can't really describe it. You ended up staying at home, yeah, going to Michigan. Right. 
part of Big Blue. Right. Michigan, Ohio State, you know, for those who aren't a part of it, we don't really know right. what it's like to be a part of this this monstrous rivalry. It's fun playing in the rivalry, first of all, but you gotta realize um, you gotta compete and it's a game. Uh, so you wanna show your best, what you got, and I mean, you go out every year and you're gonna play those guys four years a row, because mm-hmm. you've been four years, I mean, if you are, and just go out there and compete. But the game is fun. It's a lot of energy. Uh, it's around the whole the whole event and atmosphere. I like it. What are some of your favorite memories from that rivalry and, and some of those big games? By the way, playing video games and doing an yeah, interview is tough. Now, Seahawks team, you're out there, you're playing safety. What What's it like being in the NFL versus, you know, those college days? You know, everyone sees the, the big pop and circumstance in college, but what's it like playing professional football? I don't treat it no different, mm-hmm. but the difference, I want to say you got more free time. So there's more, you more on your own. And what you do at that time is, is basically, it's on you. Right. That's what makes you a pro. Mm-hmm. What you do off the field, how you take care of yourself. You get to play with a guy who's a 99 in Madden. Right. And Bobby Wagner. What's it like playing with a, with a guy like Bobby Wagner? That's amazing. He makes you want to get better. Mm-hmm. That's the main thing I can get from that. So, How does he motivate you? Because you know he's going to be ready, so you got to be ready. And this is about energy. So, you know, he gonna, you know everybody's going to be ready around you. You got to be locked in, ready to go yourself. What is the most fun about the secondary group? I mean, we're kind of young, so we are gelling together. That's our, our togetherness. It's getting tighter. You can tell. It's my third year coming. It's just, we're just getting tighter together as we go together. Do you guys like to talk basketball and other sports like that? Uh, we or? always talk other sports. I mean, do you like to hoop, by the way? I mean, I can hoop. How are the other uh, other players as far as their hoop skills? Like, who's got it and who's just who's talk? Uh, B Mac can hoop. Ooh, uh, yeah, he can hoop. Uh, I want to say who are who is talk? Yeah, who's? Mm, I don't. I know for a fact Nico can't hoop. I don't do that, but I know for Just straight up. Yeah, straight up. Oh, oh, he missed it. Oh man. Back it out. Back it out. Reset. 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 Nine six. Time ticking down in the first half. Low scoring game. Defense. We're all about defense here. This is the defensive episode. How much? How important is communication for you on the field? You talk about it off the field in games, but how important is communication on the field? Um, communication on the field is really big. I mean, it's big in any aspect. Oh, the I buzzer got that, beater! I got that. <laughs> My God, the buzzer beater with Oladipo. You're, you, that's your guy right there. That is. I'm about to do some more. I followed him. I followed my guy. That's what, that yeah. was the first half before. <laughs> I didn't need a pacer one guy. Fan. Yeah, yeah. No, I like Oladipo. Is there anything you can take from watching some of these NBA guys, other athletes that you've grown up watching and apply it to your game? I know Ursula talked about how he watched, you know, Iverson and he watched Kyrie and the crossover is really mm-hmm. important and that footwork. Is there anything that you watch in, in pro sports and, and see and you're like, hey, I gotta I gotta apply that to my game? What does it do translate? Because I can see what you're saying, the crossover and what Ursula do. That's, a lot, that's nice. But yeah, basketball stuff do translate, but as a certain thing I take, I'm gonna say this is the attitude. Mm. Yeah, like I said, I like Rasheed Wallace growing up, so I just like his attitude, the way he played. I just yep. like the way he played. Ball don't lie. That's it. That was a shock clock violation. Oh man, three in the key. Right, yeah, I'm tripping. 
<laughs> it's tough, man. I was telling, uh, I, I tell everyone when I do these, I was running out of bounds the first game when I was playing Dwayne. I wasn't even paying attention. You really so, got to yeah. learn how to do it. It's tough, man. This it's is tough. This is skill. So, man, you're doing a great job. Up 13-9, two minutes in the third here. Mm. What about movies? I know you, man, big movie guy too. I know. Uh, I want to say up in Slacking, the last movie I seen was John Wick. I mean, that's a the yeah. great movie to be great. seen. I love John Wick. Great. You trying to get in John Wick? We saw Bobon last time. Mm -hmm. Would you if be I was in, in the movie? Yeah, would you be in a John Wick movie? Of course. You need to put me in John Wick movie. How would John? But I can't get beat up though by John Wick. I was gonna Wick. say, <laughs> John, he's gotta beat you up though. He gotta beat me up. How would John Wick? Like, I want to get off, like, escape somehow. <laughs> like he beat me up, but I'm escaping. He don't see me again. He like he yeah. lets, he respects you so much. He lets you live. Right. I like that. But how how would how would you guys get into a fight? What would your fight be? Man, I'll fight. It gotta be a place like he gonna see me at, so. Where would he see you? Ooh, me and John Wick get to a fight. <laughs> they gotta be extravagant, though. No yeah. places with pencils. That's the that's the first thing. No I pencils. Wanna, you know what? We can fight. I don't think have John Wick fought somebody in a plane? I don't think so. Or a helicopter? No. Aerial John Wick. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Okay, you could before. be the first mid-air John Wick battle. I like that. You hear that? Casting directors Ooh. from John Wick 4. We got a man here, Leno. That's me. Listen to him, all right? Put me in. <laughs> uh, what about music? What did you... Man. We, we found out last yeah. week, Ursula is a big Enya guy. He likes to listen to chill music before he goes out there. He's listening oh, yeah? to like R&B, Alicia Keys. Okay. What do you like to listen to pre-game? Uh, pre-game, I'm listening, I'm, I'm listening to some... More not Alicia Keys, but rap. Ain't I wrote Alicia Keys. Yeah. I do listen to Alicia Keys and R.B. at home, though. No disrespect. Yeah, no disrespect at yeah. all. Uh, but I'm listening to some, that's what I mean, in my mood to perform. What about food? I know you're a big salmon guy. I've seen that a lot in some of your interviews, that you love salmon, so you're in the, the right place for that. I'm but uh, what, else do, what else do you like eating? I'm a salmon guy, and I like tacos. Tacos? Yes. What's, uh, what's your taco order on a Taco Tuesday? It's, I got multiple. Uh, Go on a sampler? Three, yeah. three pack. I gotta get fish tacos. That's hands down number one. A little mango salsa. And I need a chicken in the steak. Okay. You're speaking my language right there. Yeah. I'll make that too. When you get out there on the field on Sunday, right. that ball snap. What's what's going through your mind? Oh, that's to let loose. Yep. You already prepared. That's my that's my mindset. I'm already prepared uh, all week, so that's the way I'm gonna let loose. I'm gonna have some fun. I'm still I prepare all week, so there's no reason for me to be. Lacks a days, go timid. Uh, I'm just going to go fast and play my game. We're going to have some fun. 17 seconds left, down four. You still got time. Still time. Still still some time, but not looking good. I'm looking at 0-3. I'm looking at 0-3 <laughs> down the barrel right now. Who you got next? I don't know. We're going to talk to NASA. <laughs> hey, let me ask you this. Who's the worst video game player in the locker room? Because that's what I'm requesting. I ain't going to lie. It might be me. Oh, man. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's hey. been fun. Three weeks. We had a great time. They, but... they choose the best to last. Lano <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hill, you see him on Sundays. He's the man. He's the man in 2K2. Even if he's the worst in the locker room, I got some work cut out for me. I got oh, to get in the gym. I got to oh, get work. this guy to train me. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in. All right. Thanks, Taylor. Oh, that was cold of Lano to say he was the worst video game player on the team, and then he beat Taylor Jacobs. <laughs> I think I like to think Taylor's letting him win a little bit. So. All right, coming up next on Hawks Live, we'll wrap it up here, maybe make some predictions, 
tie up any loose ends from that game in Pittsburgh and look forward to the New Orleans Saints. That's next on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, every Thursday from 7 to 9, live at Snoqualmie Casino on 710 ESPN Seattle. That's right, big voice guy. Every Thursday night, 7 o'clock, right here on 710 ESPN Seattle, during the football season. Probably not do this show during the postseason, but or after the season. Why not? Well, why not? Why not? Let's do our own podcast. It's awesome up here. <laughs> We're going to do our own podcast. Yeah, is that Seahawks right, Paul? Okay. And I want them to promote it every Hour on the hour. All right, Paul. That'll be enough. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll see what we can do for you. Okay? okay. All right. What do we think about this team right now? Last year, 0-2, and, and you're thinking, oh, man, that, would they go against, was it Dallas that came into town? They took and, uh, it to Dallas. Played Denver but, the first round. Yeah, first but they week. played Denver, Chicago, lost. But now, you know, I know, like, like I said earlier, I think these wins are probably going to be discounted by some people, maybe the national, because... You know, no Ben Roethlisberger, no Drew Brees, didn't have to face those guys. I'm really excited about this team, though, and, and I get excited when Pete Carroll gets excited. Pete Carroll was excited about Lano Hill, really excited. We saw start to saw, see a glimpse of what he can be. He said the other day about how fired up he is about this defense and how they are just getting started, and, you know, you know what you got sort of on offense. I mean, Russell Wilson, his performance, we talked about Will Disley, you know, the O-line, there were some struggles there, but they got the running game going. They're averaging 111 yards right now. Last year at this time, they were averaging 69 yards. So it's, uh, I'd say they're ahead of where they were, but what do you think, Michael Bumpus? What kind of team is this? I think this is a good football team. I mean, we have benefited off, uh, I guess, Ben Roethlisberger going down. And people will question because the Niners did just whoop on the Bengals and we barely got by them. So, yeah, that was um, troubling. There are, there are some question marks, but at the end of the day, they're 2-0. and And they, uh, the secondary got beat 418 yards the first week, came back the second week and played better. Uh, we didn't rush the football well the first week, came back the second week and rushed for 150-plus. And what you look for in football teams is week by week, are they getting better in areas where they faltered the week before? And I think that's what they're doing right now. So uh, forget the circumstances, forget who's injured, who's not injured, who we, who, who we played against, who we didn't play against. They're getting better in the areas that they faltered on in the first week. And that's all I care about at this point. Yeah, I mean, look, Cincinnati had all offseason to prepare for this first game. Uh, this isn't college. We, we talk about it forever. There's no style points in the NFL. It's about winning. I don't care if we go 16-0 and 0 and our point differential is plus 20. And, you know, we'll win every game by one point and a couple by two, and, and that's all that matters. Our best football is ahead of us. We are going to be better. And, look, our offensive line right now, it hasn't been great on the right side. They bro- It hasn't been horrible, but they've broken down at times Fluker, and then you've seen a Fetty, and then it, it starts to become a number. And it has not wavered Russell Wilson. The reason why I think we're going to be so good, Russell Wilson has a maturity about him now that is he's never had. He can win any way. Last week was the first time I've, I've ever saw him just spread the football everywhere. didn't matter. I'm, I'm getting rid of the football. Blitzes are coming at us. People are going to have to think twice about blitzing us. And I, I didn't look on the pro football focus on what his quarterback rating is when people come at us. Yeah. But Pittsburgh came at him a ton. And every time he did, he burned them, and he burned them again. Defensively, we're going to be better. Ziggy, when he comes back, 
It's going to take him six weeks. He hasn't played football in a long time. Clowney's still going to take him another two or three weeks. L.J. Collier, Collier was out the whole uh, preseason. It's going to take him four or five weeks. We get Reed back. It's going to take him not just six weeks to get back. It's going to take him another four weeks. Yeah. So the last four games of the year, when we're really cooking into the playoffs, that's why 2-0 and is so important. That's why this game is so critical against New Orleans. we got to go 3-0. and we got to go 4-0 when we play Arizona. And then we got the Rams on Thursday night. Yeah. we got to have a great record early just to make sure that we're in contention because when we do the last quarter of the season into the playoffs, this team could be scary good. Well, and they're typically very good the last quarter of the Always season. Happens, so. yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, Rashad Penny, that yeah. was really cool to see him because now you got sort of a one-two punch there with him and Carson. They both had like 62, 63 yards, something like that. Can I ask you, are yeah. you worried about Carson? Because I'm not, but are you worried about Carson and the fumbles? It's a good question because that's five now in the last couple of years. How do you avoid the T.J. Watt punch out? I mean, if somebody if somebody punches the ball, and it, it really the way the guys are doing it now, it's exactly like somebody's in a fist fight. Like yeah. you're, it's like you're punching somebody in the face. And if there's any bit of that football exposed, yeah, I worry about that. Uh, tech, actually, it's not five because Russell was given the fumble, the one down near the goal line that they almost scored on. Really? Yeah, that was given to Russell because, wow. yeah, I, I don't know what, how they ruled that or whatever, but I don't know, man. It, it's uh, the way that punch out was. I just don't know if you have to have to blame Chris Carson on that one, but it is a little bit of a concern. I thought the one against Green Bay last year was the worst one. Mm-hmm. Um, I worry more about the confidence because he wasn't a fumbler in college. Not, not at all. Like yeah. at Oklahoma State, he didn't fumble. And he's and, so good, Dave. I mean, what he did in that game when he ran over some guys and us getting him the ball, you know, on swing routes in the passing game. Yeah. I, I mean, he's such a gifted runner. I just don't want this. And the reason why I'm asking both of you guys, I don't want it to affect his confidence. I would be concerned about the fumble if that last play, Penny was in the game. If Pete didn't give him a chance yeah. to say, hey, we believe in you, yeah. the game's on the line, we're going to give you the rock and you go win it. If you do that to a player, then you create doubt. You know, obviously he doubts a little bit because he did fumble. But then in that situation where you know you're the guy and they hand the keys over to, to your little bro and he takes over, then I think it's a bigger situation than what it really is. You know, the best advice I got was uh, from my high school my high school quarterback, Coach Tom Salter in Culver City. He told me, hey, I was a quarterback, I was a running back, play receiver. He goes, hey, you're going to fumble, you're going to throw an interception, you're going to drop a ball. All right, just what are you going to do after that? He just yeah. threw it out there. Like, it's going to happen, okay? So just get that out of your mind. And as a running back, you have not to think, but it's going to happen. You're going to fumble a football. You touched the ball so many times during an NFL season. So um, I'm sure it wasn't – it's not going to – kill his career or anything like that but i love the way that the hawks handled it by giving him the ball at the end of the game yeah and i think there was some talk about look when a guy fumbles you he doesn't go back in you know maybe they they do give it to rashad penny there but you know if you're pete carroll they ran it behind Dwayne brown and mike upati and you've got him i love that he was also chris carson lined up right behind center you know when that sometimes they run that sort of read option look where it goes sideways and i'm like ah and, Short yardage situation, you like everything going north and south, and they were able to pick it up. But Chris Carson's so strong, why wouldn't you have him in there? So, yeah, that was uh, it's a good question, though, about the fumbles. I mean, I, I'm not sure how to protect against that punch out. But, you know, Chris has looked really good. I thought, uh, 
I thought Rashad Penny, that was very encouraging to see him. You got, I'm sorry, I'm with you, Paul. I don't know how you feel, Michael. I think it's 1-2 right now, Mahomes, probably the best. He had a pass that got called back um, against, was it against the Raiders? Anyway, he was like basically on one foot and just flicked it downfield like 50 yards. There's a holding penalty on the call. But Mahomes is really talented. But Russell, I mean, the 83%, that's what impresses me the most. On the road. No interceptions, so now he's 5-0 and as far as TDs and interceptions. He's so good. You know, by the end of the year, who knows, maybe he's the number one quarterback. You know, I think they get things mixed up, too. It, it, it's often, or too often, it's who's the best thrower. You know, look, there's no question Mahomes is the best arm. He's, he's in another world right now. He's so fun to watch. But the best quarterback, the guy who can beat you, Throwing the ball 20 times, 35 times, read option, don't turn the ball over. I, look at his, I mean, look at the m- m- amount of wins he has. He's, to me, is, and he's the best quarterback. And I wanted to do this with John Clayton earlier, but you, you right now, you're going into the draft. Got all the quarterbacks in the NFL. Who are you drafting number one? Pro- probably Mahomes, you know. Who you draft a number two? Off of what we know now. We know right now. Number two, and I'm looking out the next five, ten years. Number two, it's Russell Wilson. It's Russell, man, but I, I, I got to throw Tom in the mix, too. Tom ain't going to be around in ten well, okay, years. Okay, you're saying, okay, you're, you're saying, okay, from now. I, I, I get it, okay. and, and I do get it. But you go and look statistically at the pro football focus things and where yeah. Tom's numbers are. They're not great, but, yeah, he's a winner. I'm, win. I'm, I'm going to take him. And yeah. that's the one yeah. thing that Russell wants. You ask him. He wants the wins. That's right. all he cares about. Doesn't care about the stats. You know, I don't look at yards, you know, and really oh, even yeah. touchdowns because, you know, you could throw a five-yard pass and guy takes it 80 yards. And But, you know, when you look at uh, efficiency, which are completion percentage and interception, those are the things you can control, and I think Russell's. He's on pace to have 40 yeah. touchdowns and zero interceptions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good math right there. Uh, real quick, before we wrap it here, you think they get this one? Oh, yeah. We get it. We got yeah. it. At home. We're, we're, in a good, we're in a good zone. The yeah. offense is playing good. Defense ha- had some plays. I think we're good to go. Andrew Brees isn't in the game. So secondary has to be a little more confident. It's going to be tough, though. It's going to be tough because New Orleans is a good football team, both sides of the ball. No, There's no Drew Brees, but they've got a ton of weapons offensively. We're going to have to play a great game. It's still yeah. going to come down to the fourth quarter. I like who we have in the fourth quarter at quarterback over them, and uh, I think I think we pull this thing out. All right, let's wrap it up. I want to thank L.J. Collier and Lano Hill. Special thanks to our producer, Curtis Rogers, our engineer, Brenna Hutchison, promotions manager, Jessica Kelly, board op, Brian Shoning, and, of course, the legendary NASA Chobie, our producer. We'll talk to you next week. For Paul Moyer, Michael Bumpus, I'm Dave Wyman. We'll talk to you next week on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, every Thursday from 7 to 9, live at Snoqualmie Casino on 710 ESPN Seattle. All new this year, a Seahawks player every week will sit down for an interview while playing their favorite video game. Watch the interview on our Twitch channel, youtube.com slash mynorthwest and 710sports.com.